Hello, welcome to our podcast, Two Coffees, Please. A podcast about two caffeine loving sisters who know a little about a lot, talking about everything over a cup of coffee. So grab yours and let's go. Hello, guys. So what you're about to hear is our Angel Awareness Month um, episode. Um, We just wanted to let you guys know that we are not doctors or researchers. We're just girls that know someone who has it, have learned so much from her. So we wanted to know, we wanted to let you guys know that it exists and let you guys know uh, more about it, um, being that it is Endo, Endo Awareness Month. I hope you guys enjoy. Please let us know what you guys think on the comments or DM us. Thanks. Bye. I like your mug. Hello, sisters. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm Elsie. We have Zio with the huge, and then we have Drumroll. There you go. I said, early. I said it too early. I'm sorry. What does your mug say? So it says it's good to be the queen, and that's because I'm the only one who lives here. I like it. I need to buy that because I'm the only girl in my house. So that would be very appropriate, I think. I think you're onto something. This month is going to be Endo Awareness Month. And we wanted to talk and make people aware of endometriosis. Um, It affects a lot of women. And most women don't even know that it's affecting them. So we have Kat, our sister, who has a lot of information on it and is happy to come on and talk about it a little bit. So thank you for that introduction and talking about endometriosis, which yes, you are right. So March is the month for um, endometriosis awareness. And um, you are correct, it does actually affect so many women and they actually don't even know that they have endometriosis. And one of the main reasons is because there's still not a lot of research on it and there's still a lot of doctors who who are actually not as educated as they should be on endometriosis. Um, People actually think that gynecologists are your main source for um, getting like any sort of help when it comes down to endometriosis, which is actually not accurate data. As a matter of fact, you would actually need to see an endo specialist. So if you Google them, there's not many out there, unfortunately, but there are some. For example, there are, I've noticed that there's like two really good ones in Atlanta area. And then there's another doctor recently who um, I just came across because of Olivia Coppola, who is actually like, she used to be a model or something. I'm not really sure, but she's kind of a celebrity, I guess you could say. There are a lot of celebrities that have it. Definitely tons of uh, celebrities. Her doctor is actually in North Carolina. And um, she's got a lot of people who actually praise her for her work with endometriosis so again it's actually not your gynecologist they're actually not your go-to person for it that's what people think but that is not accurate who will be able to tell you oh i think you might have this you need to go to um, an endo specialist so it could actually be your primary doctor um or it could be your gynecologist it could be either or it doesn't necessarily have to be your gynecologist though the gynecologists tend to be the ones to kind of take notice because, um, so going back to what endometriosis is, right? It's actually 
cells and tissue that is growing outside of the uterus versus um, inside, which is where it's supposed to. And now it's affecting, it, it could actually affect your whole body. It doesn't necessarily have to be just like around the uterus area. Um, it could spread even up to people's brains. There's been cases of women who have had collapsed lungs due to endometriosis. It's a whole body disease, actually. And I think that's why it kind of has to lose that stigma that it's fallen under where it's like, oh, you have endometriosis, go deal with your, gynecolo your gynecologist. Like, I have nothing to do with it. You know, and it's kind of like you're... You're trying to move me over to someone who actually is not even an expert on it. So I don't know. It's really it's a really tough situation. And it's really unfortunate that there's not a lot of research and that also that doctors don't even care a lot of the times. You know, they're kind of just trying to push you on to the next specialist. And it's kind of like, will someone help anybody like um, a woman's issue? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Worldwide, actually. So um, it's unfortunate. So if you have endometriosis, another thing that tends to happen is infertility for most women. Um, and actually, they just passed a law in New York recently. I think it happened within the last two years where um, IVF will now be covered because of that, because endometriosis is one of the main reasons why women can't bear children. And they took notice of that and they passed a, a law where now IVF is covered under healthcare, which is amazing. And tell us about direction. the mm -hmm. Senate and how they passed um, a bill for more money. Yeah. So uh, so what happened was that a couple years back, we got, I think it was like a million for research. And that's really pennies if you really think about it. It's not how much. Um, when this is actually affecting one in 10 women, you know, again, worldwide. So it's insane that they wouldn't put more money towards that research. Right now, there is no cure for it. There is no treatment whatsoever for it. Um, and you actually have to get surgery. It's laparoscopic, but still, it's a definitely an invasive surgery. It's, it's a brutal surgery. It's not easy. And, um, you know, it's tough because you will have one surgery and you don't know if you're going to have to go back in for a second one. I think it's like just very like detrimental to one person when they don't know the outcome and traumatic i'm sure yeah of what they're about to walk into right because again it's kind of like the uncertainty is very detrimental i think that a lot of women again they're being told hey we're gonna need to kind of cut you open to see if you have this disease and to see what stage you're at and then we could give you more data on that because and that's it see it you they can't see it unless they cut you open they can't see it on any tests or anything like that they can see something but they don't know what exactly it is until they cut you open right so they kind of have to send even when they cut you open they're removing all of this tissue that they're finding and then even then they have to send it over to a lab to just make sure that this isn't cancerous and that um it is indeed endometriosis and then that's when they'll um categorize the stage that you're in which again it's still a tough thing to go through and then you know, doctors, I think they're doing the best they can, given that there isn't sufficient research and they're kind of just winging it. And it sucks, but bless those doctors who are taking the initiative and caring enough to, you know, want to see these women who are in pain and dealing with this 
disease on a daily basis and just like doing what they can. And they're not even getting funded for it. Like, I mean, this is out of pocket. Like these surgeries that these women have to do, whether it's one, two, three, I mean, some women have had up to six surgeries. Like it's insane. And they have these scars all over their stomachs. Like, I mean, it's tough. And a lot of them, it's honestly, I feel like some of it was malpractice for a lot of these females who had to um, go under the knife and like end up worse sometimes because of the, um, to, like their outdated technology that they were using. And it goes back to research. So so going back to like what the Senate passed, um, I believe the, the bill was put in by, I think that she's a Democrat from Michigan who actually was the one who wanted to pass this because she suffers from endometriosis herself. So that bill just passed and I think it doubled the amount. So I think it's 2 million that we have now. And not to mention, actually, they took away the funding at one point and there was zero, zero that they wanted to um, put into the research for endometriosis at one point. And we had to actually sign a petition, um, which I actually was a part of. And I made sure that I sent it to everybody I knew because I needed all those signatures in there to make sure that we could fund this organization to make sure that there's enough research for this, because otherwise there's no way we're going to move forward. There's no way we're ever going to find any sort of cure or treatment Um, or even just a a better way of finding out if you have endometriosis. Understanding of it. Yeah. Because you're going crazy thinking like, what is wrong with me? Something's wrong with me. And doctors are telling you nothing's wrong with you. And then you're like, am I crazy? Or am Mm -hmm. I really feeling, am I, do I really have symptoms? Like, Am I hurting for no reason? Like, how do I keep getting the same pain, same spot? And nobody tells me what's wrong with me. Like, that's, that's crazy because you keep questioning yourself at that point. You know, what's so funny too. So they do categorize, categories, um, endometriosis as, um, a disability. Um, like the government will actually pay you out for disability because you have endometriosis. The funny thing is though, that you have to prove it. You have to prove that you're disabled. You have to prove that your endometriosis has to be like at stage four or something like that. So therefore you still have to go through all of this mess. And it's just insane that, again, the lack of research makes it harder for somebody to prove such a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So in the end, it's almost like a catch 22 where it's like, how am I supposed to prove this? Like you have this as a joke. Not even that, how am I supposed to afford it to prove it? Like I have to have the money to afford to be able to show you so you could give me disability, which is the money that I need anyways to be able to continue living. Yeah, so like insurance actually won't pay for it. Yeah, you would have to pay out of pocket for this. It's insane that we would have to pay out of pocket for it. Um, But the good thing is that you, if you do like your research, you will find um, doctors out there who will uh, take a payment plan, um, where, you know, you'll feel less discouraged and you can go ahead and move forward with the surgery. Because I know that, you know, just learning that, oh, insurance won't cover it because there's no real proof that you need the surgery to begin with. Like, cause in reality, the surgery is not going to cure you. It's not going to make you feel better. Like all doctors tell you that from the start, you know, they'll tell you we're doing this basically just to find out if you have something. And given that this disease is progressive, it could help and help alleviate some symptoms, but they don't guarantee anything at all. There is no guarantee. And that's why I'm saying that there's no actual treatment. 
and there's no actual cure for it. So um, these uneducated doctors who go around telling these poor women that birth control um, can stop this, they are so in the wrong. And I think that is so unfair to all the females that they're doing this to, because first of all, birth control, it's again, another thing that's so detrimental, not just to your mental state, but like your body. And um, I think that just makes endometriosis twice as bad. But what it does do is mask the pain. So although all of these other symptoms might be more, more like pronounced, it doesn't like hurt as bad. It, it doesn't right. It's not as painful. I feel like those symptoms could be twice as bad. But the pain will, again, it will be masked because of the birth control pills. For birth control pills, too, like it's, um, you know, it's unfortunate that they passed that. They also passed that law where it's up to your employer if they choose to actually pay that or if they're going, like if they're going to allow like birth to go through like your insurance or if you're going to have to be the one paying for it out of pocket. It was some sort of like silly thing about religion versus state situation. And isn't it always? Yeah. Hopefully in the near future, that will kind of just like remove itself because mm-hmm. I just feel like it's uncalled for. Um, and again, that was a very uneducated decision that they made because Although birth controls might, might, might not be like the best avenue to take, given that it could double the symptoms and just like make it twice as tough for somebody, um, it's still, it should still be a choice that that person has, you know, to make on their own. Like there, it shouldn't be something that the state should call for just because you think that that's mainly for other reasons. Like this is health reasons. It's healthcare. And you're basically deciding this because you're telling you're you're basically telling me oh um no you want this for other reasons like you want them because and that's the thing like that's the reason why i feel that it's everyone every woman's choice regardless if it, it is for the reason that they think it is or if it's because you need to take care of yourself or regulate your a menstrual cycle like there's a lot of reasons why people do take birth control like that's what i mean by such an uneducated decision that they made like how can you really just be i don't understand it (laughs) i just i can't understand it i don't understand how they could be so close-minded and think that that's the only reason why birth control is being used and even if it was i mean (laughs) also i'm saying like it should be the person the woman's choice to decide what is that they want to take and put in their bodies and, you know, everyone should have their reason for it and be okay with that. And, like, government and church should not be involved in a woman's body as far as, I think, how we all feel about it. I mean, everyone else has their opinions, and I'm okay with that. But as far for us, for us, I think that we will appreciate if we got to choose what we want to put in our bodies. As long as you're not hurting anybody, I think that that's okay. What? We don't make the law. It's just so funny to me that, you know, again, there's no research on this. And I'm, and, and then there's people who are paying out of pocket um, for these expensive surgeries, for all of these doctor visits. And now on top of that, you want me to pay for birth control pills too? Like the audacity, like, you know, the nerve 
like, please go and educate yourselves about all these other female diseases before you go ahead and pass a bill like that. I understand like the reasonings and I agree. I totally 100% agree with you guys too. Like, you know, it's a woman's right. Like you shouldn't have to tell me what I can or cannot take, but also they're not, they're saying it almost like in a passive aggressive way. We're like, Oh, well, it's up to your employer. I'm not the one telling you not to, but it will be up to your employer. And then if you want to pay out of pocket for it, which is so fucked up. Mm. It is so just wrong. Like, how dare you? How dare you? So basically, it's my choice, but I'm going to have to pay for it. Well, we wanted to just let everyone know that um, is listening, you know, women that are going through things right now that have some type of symptoms that they don't understand that they haven't found a reason for it. Um, to take a little look like, you know, people have to there's a lot of women that had to do their own research that mm-hmm. had to keep going and just like, you know, checking things off the list. Okay. It's not this, it's not that. Okay. A doctor said it's not this. So just keep going down the list and then doing research just to find out that that is what they have because the doctor will not tell you. And I mean, if you are lucky to find those doctors that will tell you, then, you know, that's awesome, but that's not the case for a lot of clinics, like pri- not private, public clinics, uh, people that don't have enough money to go to like a, pr- a private doctor. Like, you know, if you're going to certain places, you're not going to get the same, let's be real, we're not going to get the same service as or uh, thorough looked at as if you were going to other places where you're paying a lot of more money. So you need to be proactive and do the research yourself and find out what's going on. And this might be one of the, the reasons you have these symptoms. So it's just, that's why um, month of March is endo awareness. And it's something that it should, people should know more about. And it's just great that they're making a month out of it, just so that women are aware. Because like Kat said, there's one out of 10 women that are suffering from this and they have no idea. And it also means that you probably most likely know someone or more than one person that has it. Right, right. Yeah. And they're Um, suffering and you don't know why. And it's just like, how do you help them? You know, there's a lot of, and then there's also hormonal stuff going on at that point. So it's just a lot of stuff all in it. And, you know, we got to be girlfriends. We got to be sisters. We got to be brothers and mothers and just like be there for the people that are going through these things because they're frustrated and they need someone to be able to talk to about these things and if you're listening and you know someone that might have some type of symptoms or you know or you look it up you know bring it up be like listen i listen to this i maybe this is something that you should look into and then have you know give them the awareness that this exists I'm sorry. And actually, since you're on the topic of symptoms, um, so there's different type of symptoms. Like not everyone would have the same type of symptoms. Um, some females actually will bleed excessively. Um, you know, even like when they're outside of their period menstrual cycle, um, there's women who actually will bleed for like a day or two. Then there's, um, females who have, you know, they have painful sex, um, other people don't feel anything when they're having intercourse. So, um, it could really be, it's really your body. Like, um, no one has the same symptoms. And I think that's one of the reasons why it has been so hard to identify when someone has endometriosis. 
some females have the extreme fatigue and they call it like a chronic illness because of the chronic fatigue and the chronic pain that you endure. And unfortunately, painkillers don't work. <laughs> they won't help at all. Um, and I think it's mainly due to the fact that one of the other symptoms is inflammation in the body. And that's why soreness is another one because your muscles are tense from the inflammation that's occurring inside of your body. And those are things that can, again, be very undetected. Like, you know, people just don't know what that is. And it's kind of like, wow, did I run a mile yesterday? Like, you know, maybe I did, or maybe I lifted something and that's why my shoulders are killing me. But in reality, you could actually have, um, thoracic endometriosis which is like in the chest area um you know it could be all over your diaphragm and it's just kind of like so um so yeah it's it's a lot of symptoms and again they could be very different so although one of the main ones people say it's um pain during intercourse that does not mean that oh, okay i don't have endometriosis then it doesn't necessarily mean that you could have intercourse and it not feel a thing and still have like stage four endometriosis. And that's another thing with pain levels too. You can have a pain level of, I don't know, something very small and still have a stage four endometriosis, meaning still all over your entire body. You know, it's all about, I think, just asking questions. And like you said, Zio, basically just doing your research because it will not be the same for um, every single individual. And there are a lot of famous people, artists that have been talking about it. Um, I know that I've heard Hosley, Hasley, Hosley, Hosley, Hosley talk about <laughs> it also. And she just is, she's expecting. Yes, she's, yeah, she was able to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it doesn't happen for every single individual. That's another thing, like another unfortunate situation that could happen if you have endometriosis, but again, not for everybody. So just because you are fertile doesn't mean that, or infertile doesn't mean that you can or cannot have it. Like, I think that it's still like all about just kind of also knowing your body and knowing what's happening and just keeping tabs because from day to day, it could be very different. Um, some people have really good days and then the next day it's like they got hit by a truck. Right. So uh, it's all about just kind of also just knowing your body and, um, who was another artist you were telling me about that uh, had actually written an article? So I know Olivia Coppola was one, and I know that um, Halsey was another. And then there's a couple of people. I think, I'm not sure if it's, I think it's Tia. Tia Mari? Oh, yeah. She has also, and she, I think she's the one that came out. With asked me I, was, I was a little surprised about that. But she has two kids. And then also... Christy Tegan? Yeah. Um, she came out speaking about it as well she just i think she just went under surgery recently chrisley knows best his uh his daughter also but um but yeah there has been a lot of like celebrities that have come forward and been very open and she actually just lost the baby so that's another thing like when you haven't chris Chrissy, mm-hmm. she actually uh-huh. had a i think it was a miscarriage right but she was like being far along i don't think it was a stillbirth no um I think, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think her situation was where her uterus, uh, she was used, losing a lot of blood and the baby didn't get enough of it. So I right. think that's what well, That's another thing with endometriosis. If you do become pregnant, you have to be very, very careful um, and make sure that you're under um, the care of a really good doctor because it 
it could you could possibly have complications during pregnancy or at birth. So um, it's definitely something also to be alert of if you do become pregnant. Obviously, that's one of the things that um, why people actually do go under surgery. Um, and that's because they want to their children. Right. You know, obviously, these are people with more, you will say, with more money who are able to, you know, get the best of the best. So um, Privilege. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hopefully their outcomes um I mean, not hopefully, but more likely the outcomes are going to be better. But um, because those doctors probably have a lot more knowledge, that's another thing, like, which you didn't talk, um, you didn't touch. But the reality is that there's doctors that will do it out of the kindness of their hearts and like will give you an okay price where there's other ones that will just charge you about $800 to $1,000 just for, um, let me tell you what I could do for you, which is not a lot, but this is what I'm going to try. So, and I think that goes back to just doing your research because you are right. There's people who are going to scam you and trying to make money out of um, your suffering, which is really, really cruel. But, um, but it does happen. I mean, it's the medical industry for you. Yes. The goal would be that um, you know, we have enough research where at least we would get all of this covered by our insurance. I mean, we made a step forward with IVF. So I'm just hoping to see the day where this will actually cover surgery and I make it so much more accessible for all of these women who are suffering, who are not privileged. Right. Yeah. At, at least. <laughs> and then hopefully find yeah. uh, some type of relief, you know? Sort of treatment, yeah. Yeah, they are also saying um, that it could be a possible autoimmune disease. That's another research that has to hopefully be completed, and with this budget that they um, cut, so hopefully we'd be able to at least get that information. Because for autoimmune diseases, there are treatments out there, and um, if that's the case, then that would be life changing. I think for many people who are suffering with endometriosis, it's all about the research. So hopefully. That's the changes that we'll be seeing in the future. That's another thing, like oh, the awareness. Will, right. The awareness makes people find out what they have or talk about it and then be interested in it. And then when they see these um, petitions being thrown out or, you know, like, should we, should people, or should the state, should the Senate invest more money on this? Then they'll be like, oh, I know what that is. Yes, I think that they should invest in it. And then pe- more people will sign it. More people will be um, more inclined to want to. I think have faith on Gen Z for that. <laughs> yeah, they're very outspoken. Who is that? The young, the youngsters who know where where they want their tax money to freaking go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gen Z is not taking like a light now. They're like, wait, what? Yeah, that's why it's so cool to like have these months and like people are I mean, like, and you know, little podcasts like us just like bring it up, even though. It's not something that a lot of people, it's like popular or whatever to talk about. It's something that it's real and it's going on and it's good for people to know, you know? I think that's also key is in talking about your, I mean, not everyone wants to let people know what they're going through, obviously, especially that's something so personal, but I think sometimes we do it to ourselves. It's a girl issue. So you don't really want the whole world to know, like, but I mean, if no one really talks about it, then how do we fix it? No, absolutely. And I, you know, God bless again, those women who are actually very outspoken, especially on social media, um, where people are so quick to just, you know, 
give it to you, whether it's a good comment or a bad comment. And it's just some people aren't strong enough to share what they're going through, especially when it's something so current and just something that you can't even understand yourself sometimes. Yeah. You know that, or you can't even, I mean, I think like for some people, you just don't even want to believe it. You know, you kind of still want to just pretend like, I like I'm not going through this like nope like I'm this is not going to be what defines me and kind of want to move forward from it and then you have the other women who are like oh I have to tell the world about it like there has to be change and those Mm -hmm. are the women that are also very I mean again God bless like for having that thick skin and being able to do that and put themselves out there um, because it's a brave thing to do Mm -hmm. I mean and if you're still processing it there's no I mean, this is like for people who are comfortable with it. I know that there was a lot of um, mental health talk, especially now, like people are feeling a bit more comfortable talking about their mental health issues. And it is a very private thing. And then there's stigmas. And if you can't have babies, you're not woman enough. If you have mental disorder, something's wrong with you. Or, you know, there's just so many things. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, I I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. It really is crazy because it's so common, both of these things. But it's like, and it, it doesn't have to define you. I think if you let it define you, then it kind of becomes, I don't know, all too consuming. <laughs> well, I think that's just it. I think that when you're already at a point where this disease could be breaking you down on a daily, and then you go and you stream about this or you share it with the world, and then you have people who are like, oh, get over it. Like, you know, who cares? Like, people have cancer, you know, things like that. And it's kind of just like, wow kick me while I'm down. Why don't you, you know, like people could be so cruel and you know, you're already again going through these hard times and it's kind of like, you don't need that negativity. You don't need more people to bring you down. Like you're already in that dark hole on your own. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely. Just really, I think people just need to get a little bit nicer. I mean, we're all going through it. And if they're not nice, there's always a black button. (laughs) There's no shame on pushing that block button. You don't have time for all that. Life's too short. (laughs) It is too short. And I think that's just what it is. I think that some people just, I don't think that some people have like, again, that, or maybe they're just not in that mental state where they are willing to share that much and hear people's opinions. Um, or have people also kind of like downplay what you have. Some people yeah. would go ahead and say, oh, you're being dramatic because you look fine. That's one of the big things with endometriosis too, like also like mental, yeah, um, as well, um, where people are like, oh, but you look perfectly fine on the outside. Invisible illnesses, they call yeah. it. Yeah. And it's so unfair. I think that's yeah. so unfair. Like, why would I post my face on social media when, you know, whenever I'm, not feeling like myself whenever I can get out of bed. Like, well, who does that? No one does that. Well, I think, I think Kristen Teigen is one of those people that you can actually like, she is one of those people that will post things. And a lot of people are like, Oh, she wants attention. She wants this post this. Uh, she posts her stuff. And then she tells you like, I'm posting to help whoever needs to help whoever doesn't and just feels like talking back. I'm not here for you. And that's the end of that. And like that has to be the mentality with social media, I think, in general. Like everyone just needs to be on that same page where you feel good about posting something, whether it's bad or good. You posted it, you put it out there to the world. You're going to get both sides and just realize that take the good in and leave the bad out. Like there's, you cannot let both things come in because if you do that, then you, 
you're going to be consumed. So you have to like block it out of your mind and like just take the good in. Like, and she does. Like, there's so many people that do give her so much praises and like, you know, really showing her love for everything that she's going through and all that she's willing to share because there's some dark stuff that she's gone through. And it's just, you have to be able to be okay with that. And you're right. There are a lot of people that are not okay with sharing all that because they don't have that thick skin or that mental state where they're like, okay, I could take it. But if you're going to post something, that's the only bad thing about social media. Like if you're going to post something, it's open to everyone and they're going to say what they want to say and you could block. Yeah. But you're still going to read it before you block it. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm just saying that if you if you if it's for you to share that and help create more awareness and that's like that's great i know it's not for everyone but um if you do feel comfortable i don't know just letting people know that we're out here you're not the only one alone like suffering through that and it's just nice um to see that i think like people commenting and being supportive um well, or yeah. you commenting on other people being supportive like, if you are one of those people that want to share it, for those people who don't want to share it but can see that, I think that's helpful to know that, oh, I'm not going through that by myself. Or, oh, this person's going through that? That's so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see someone else's story. I think that that puts so many people at ease, especially people who are might, might be going to get surgery soon for endometriosis. Like, I feel like those people could be put at ease reading someone else's story and their recovery story as well, like making sure that, so like there's these people who actually have kind of like endometriosis blogs. And um, I think that's really important when you're doing your research because you get to see like, I mean, everyone's process will be different, um, but you get to see what they go through, um, the whole process prior to um, surgery and then post-surgery and how they're healing. And um, I think just you know, reading up on that, kind of putting yourself at ease. It could scare you at the same time, but it could also put you at ease. So I think that people sharing those stories are definitely very helpful for sure. It's almost like reading a review, you know, like reviews help everybody. So um, I feel like that's kind of how how those um, blog posts feel to me. Again, those women are, are very strong-minded and strong for posting. And um, definitely, you're. I mean... They're strong in general because anyone going through any kind of like chronic pain disorder is strong. They they almost kind of feel alone because it's only them going through it, and it's they're on a whole new level of strong. So there's a community, okay? There's a community of endo warriors. That's what they're called. Yeah, because, um, they're constantly at war with their body. And you're right. You're definitely right. They are strong in every way. It takes a lot of balls to be a woman sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have have female issues than uh, than be a guy. <laughs> <laughs> you only say that because you're a girl. <laughs> yeah, probably. If I was going to be whew, so glad I'm not a girl. <laughs> Goodness, thank God I'm not a girl. <laughs> have to deal with all that stuff there's a lot of women who have supportive husbands um with endometriosis and i think that that's also something that i missed on um having that support system um you know and like i see these stories of these females and some of it is super sad because some of these females are very young some of them have been as young as like 13 dealing with this 
Um, and then you have like older females in their like late thirties who are now starting to deal with endometriosis and they're already married. But um, I've yet to see a case where a husband hasn't been supportive and hasn't been there with them. So I have to give it to those endo husbands too. <laughs> they, it look, they look like they have been very supportive to um, the endo females that are dealing with this. The significant others. Yeah, which is very important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a support, a su- everyone needs a support team. <laughs> it's like whatever you're going through. But um, <laughs> well, I feel like this has been... I feel like this has been really good for our listeners to um, educational purposes. Um, even if you're a dude listening in, which hi, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, or like Kat said, one in 10 people, that's very... Yeah, it could be their mother, it could be their sister. Um, your girlfriend or... Being a supportive um, partner is key. Be supportive. Uh, be, be supportive. <laughs> yes. Good luck to everybody who's dealing with it for right now. Um, and just let's stay hopeful that um, one day there will be a cure, you guys. How do you guys want to end this on a really, on a, on a funny note, on a positive note? I have um, my voice crack there. I'm going to have to edit that out. But <laughs> Well, I was watching a show where they had like... Um, Peaky Blinders. No. <laughs> they had... I confused. Um, what? The saga continues. I'm talking to the listeners. They've been asking you to watch that show. Which one you rather? Walk to Remember? Kat, you're going first. Walk to Remember or The Notebook? Walk to Remember. Why? <laughs> is that the second question or is that part of the first question? <laughs> that was into the rules. I said, I'm going to ask you which one you rather and then answer which one and why. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Okay. Um... Why? I think it's because I, I used to like uh, I used to like Mandy Moore a lot, and I love Shane West. Growing up, that was one of my favorite movies, so I think I'm just gonna, that's why I'm picking that one. I like the Notebook though. Okay, you, know, no, no, okay. you, you but- have your choice. Don't come back now. <laughs> I would say the Notebook. And why is that? Didn't you grow up? Watching that movie, I don't think she did. You even watch it? Watch remember when you were younger, or is that something? Yeah, I remember being seven years old and being like, "Whoa, this is crazy!" This is crazy. Okay, um, I will say uh, the Notebook because it's more of like I guess because I'm older, I feel like the storyline is more um, more of my like a storyline that I will be more interested in. I feel like the Walk to Remember is more like a high school thing, so I'll be like interested in with that when I was younger. Now. I mean, the notebook is just, come on. They they die together at the end. Like, you know, it's just a I think it's spoiler. <laughs> oh, my God. If you have not seen the notebook, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And their chemistry is, like, unreal. Okay. Pocahontas or Mulan? Ooh, okay. So Mulan, first of all, I saw the um, I saw the movie that just came out on Disney. Have you guys seen it? Yes. No. Oh, God. It was so good. I thought it was so good. I know that it got some um, negative like comments. I'm not really sure why, though. I didn't really read up on it, but I know that... His Mushu was missing. No, I don't think that was it. It was like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about the Disney movie. Not... Yeah, Mushu's the dragon, and he wasn't in there. They had... Anyways, <laughs> I have my own two cents, but I'll wait my turn. Exactly. No, but it, <laughs> it was 
Uh, she's loving this, trust me. Uh, because it was, um, we need to look at that cartoon one I'm talking about right now. We're not talking oh, about- Oh, you should have said that. You yeah. gotta be more specific with your question. Was Pocahontas a movie ever? I don't think so. In that case, Pocahontas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> You know what I just realized? I'm so sorry. But you said, what would you rather? And in my head, my brain processed that as what would you do with John Quinones? And that's why I kept mentioning that guy. And neither of you two corrected me. I don't know who that is. What are you talking? Are we all in the same podcast? I have no idea who that is. I know. I didn't even know you were talking. That's why I didn't say anything. (laughs) This is good. Okay. (laughs) So why do you like why do you like Mulan? No, no you, you missed like it. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So so I pick Pocahontas, and that is because um, I remember actually that being the first movie that we went to the movie theater for. Oh my god, that was gonna be my story. We I was I was five years old. No, six years old, and you was five. No, four. Yeah, I remember from when I was four years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but that I think that's why I, I would pick Pocahontas. And I mean, it's something that I could actually watch over and over again. So it's not like a dull movie at all. So yeah, something happening, something magical with like Song. the wind and the music. <laughs> what about you? Mulan. Top that, Leslie. Top that. <laughs> Mulan. And I will say when I was younger, that was Pocahontas was my favorite movie. Because it made brown girls feel seen, but, <laughs> and I also I was I was like wanted to run around barefoot, and I tried it oh, a few beautiful. times. But people I grew up in Queens, and I used to step on glass all the time. Like the the back the back area of the building had like grass. Like, like, I don't even know why the hell we would even go back there. What were we thinking? I'm just saying, but like you were running out. Imagine her barefoot there; like she would have been. I would have stepped on a needle and died. <laughs> 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 um anyways it's not a good story yeah let's not um well yeah like once you learn like what the real pocahontas story is and how she was kidnapped at 14 you're like yeah no and then mulan is a fictional story i believe and it's about a girl who is a badass i mean she went and pretended to be a guy so she can fight a war for her dad what is that how, i never saw the cartoon version to be honest with you so like is that the same storyline or is it a little bit different it's the same, except she doesn't have a sister, which, I, yeah, I think you should definitely watch the original. Okay, this one's the last one, and the very tough one. Arthur or Hey Arnold? Oof. <laughs> They're both comical cartoons when you when you actually see it now. <laughs> uh, you're just like, what? Like, the nonsense that you hear. I think, oof, I don't know. Um, okay, I'm going to skip you for a second so you can think. Okay, okay, okay. Do you have do you have an answer, Zia? Yes. Can I guess it? That's because you saw it today. That's- you want to guess mine? No, skip me. Skip me. Okay. You want to guess mine? Hey <laughs> like, oh, I- Go ahead. Huh? Hey Arnold. Yes. It's definitely Hey Arnold. Even though I have the one like one favorite Arthur. Can um, I guess it? Episode <laughs> Which one? The musical. Is it fun? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, the best one for me was when Francine got a haircut and she was wearing that dress because she wanted to get the. <laughs> she wanted to do the photo and she wanted to look like a girl. 
hey arnold i felt like it was just such a all-around like new york just kid you know like you just get everything and you have all type of different friends you have like the little girl bully the little boy bully <laughs> your best friend is always there with you um kid that's always breathing him in the mouth like it's just everything about it it's just like so i mean i know it sounds so horrible but it's so relatable and i always thought it was so hilarious and the fact that he was not that he was adopted but that he lived, he lived in a house with his grandparents who were like you know on their own world and then all these other people that became his family he actually felt like they were all his family i don't know i thought it was pretty cool but go ahead who else i think we just go for both um, that's not how you play the game exactly. why not? no make a decision <laughs> who's making these rules i don't know i mean i guess i guess i would have to also choose hey arnold i mean i love arthur too but um i don't know it's a tough one because i, I love the maybe i'm gonna go with arthur because i like the whole relationship that arthur has with like dw and how dw is so outspoken for a little girl and like no one really shuts her off it's kind of like hey it's my world like you know what i mean and then her their parents just being so like nonchalant all the time like i don't know i feel like it was also relatable elsie which one would you pick <laughs> arthur arthur because um i think there's so many more episodes that i that have been burned in my memory. Then I'm like, ah, I love, I love, I love Hey Arnold, right? Especially because um, I love Pookie, <laughs> uh, his grandma. I just, I feel like I have more favorite episodes of Arthur, like the green potato chip, the one where um, that guy is always singing when Buster is sad. <laughs> Do you know that Mr. Rapperin's gay? He got married to a guy. Oh, Mr. Rapper, they had a wedding because like, is I think it's still on. I think they're still doing new ones, and he got married to a guy. Okay. So there you have it. That is um, our what would you rather segment. And thanks, Kat, for joining us and making it three cups of coffee. Yeah, it was a pleasure, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Um, let me know if you guys ever want me to join you again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So guys, you you know, leave your comments, messages. No, I'm sorry, not messages. DMs. <laughs> Don't message. <laughs> DMs. Um, and just let us know what you guys think. And if you guys have any stories of Endo or any um yeah. yeah, and share resources if you guys have any in the comment section, we'll gladly post, post yeah, some links and resources on our That'd be really cool of you guys, if you guys actually like reposted people's like, if they DM you and like, hey, can you guys share my story? And just like- Oh yeah, we would love to share stories, yes. Especially during like the month of March, you know? Yeah, if you guys are so open. I mean, like obviously that's all on you guys if you want to or not, but if you do- And anonymous too. Yeah, again, it's just, you know, it's good to, we were all women and we all need to, you know, share this and make sure that everyone's aware. Yeah. And if people have doctors too, that they want to share, like if they feel like they had a really good experience with a doctor and they want to go ahead and share their information, even if it's anonymously, like Elsie said, um, you take that in as well. Um, if someone comes in highly recommended, we were, you know, I think that 
that would be a great thing for you guys to like share during endometriosis. Cause I think that that's one of the biggest things. Like there's not a lot of doctors out there. So, um, all right guys. Thank you. you Stay safe out there guys. Stay safe out there. Thank you for having me. And, um, I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.